This is The Real Magic Podcast. Learn about great design and use it to get great results. Now your hosts, Greg Merrilies and Alan Nunez. Hello, listener, and thank you for joining Greg and I today on The Real Magic Design Podcast, where we try to unpack our experience to help business owners and designers work together to make design that's profitable. I'm Alan from Pixel Partners HQ, and this is Greg from Studio One Design. <laughs> you did it, buddy, without How reading good is the script. That? Well done. It's our first time. <laughs> you know what, listener? You have to know this, right? Like, you would think that Greg and I know our intro by heart by now. And you would think we'd we could, have it recorded we, instead of recording it each week but it's fun well no but it's fun it's fun you know so i just did it by heart for the first time i don't know if i got it right you might have to go back to some of the previous episodes and compare it <laughs> a- anyway dude we've got, got right. uh, we've got to do the second part of our uh, e-commerce all-stars wrap-up where you spoke yeah, uh, but before we do that what have you been up to dude oh man just look honestly last week went to the snow and got hit in the eye by a snowball and I, oh, so much fun. Oh, man, it killed him. My eye was all red and it was just terrible. But uh, anyway, it was it's all good now. Uh, I had to go to the medical centre and all that. But, yeah, it was night skiing, so I didn't have goggles on and, you know, probably my own fault. But some snowboarder dude, it's like a big rivalry between snowboarders and skiers. Snowboarders are on the chairlift and just throwing snowballs at all the skiers. And, yeah, got hit in the eye, man. <laughs> You know what? I feel terrible. We went to the snow with my kids not that long ago and we were throwing snowballs and they're dangerous, those things. And my daughter zigged when she should have zagged and uh, copped one in the face. And it was my fault. I threw it. (laughs) I love it. Cool. Well, okay. Well, that's good, man. Is that what you've been up to or you got something else? No, dude, I, uh, I'm planning a trip to the Philippines, hopefully, and a trip to the US as well. So good to get around and see some of my clients, uh, catch up with the team. We're trying to expand our photo studio and our design studio, so there's a lot of work to do there. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'll let you know how we go. Yeah, I've heard you've had some recent success, man. Well done. Yeah, it's great stuff. Always good. All right, let's get into the good All-Stars, man. Where, where were we up to? Yeah, well, just an overview, like Ezra's uh, Ezra Firestone, um, run an event, the e-commerce All-Stars 2016 and Ezra Firestones from smartmarketer.com. So last week we gave a bit of an overview on what the event was all about and we spoke about um, Ezra's presentations. He gave multiple presentations out of the two-day event. He was on stage for probably half the time in total. So, you know, he just provided a heap of value and uh, it was just killer stuff. So, yeah, we gave some tips last week and this week we're going to run through the other speakers and just give a, a brief overview. This won't be a a long podcast we'll just try and uh, you know keep it short to 20 odd minutes yeah sounds good well let's get into it cool man all right so the first dude was brett curry from omgcommerce.com brett has eight children eight eight children i thought i had it hard it's <laughs> crazy man but yeah he's a super nice guy and yeah incredible i think his wife's pregnant i can't remember if she's pregnant with the ninth or the eighth but either way yeah they got a tribe a bit like taki <laughs> but that's not why he was on stage. Yeah, that's true. Taki's got a few. But anyway, yeah, so this guy, Brett, he is a Google shopping expert. And so he shared in his presentation, you know, those mistakes that people make with Google shopping. He went over, you know, product listing mistakes and, and bidding mistakes. So, I mean, I haven't, uh, I don't have any, you know, like physical products. So it wasn't really relevant to me. But what he, what he did deliver was, was quite good information from everything that I've heard from other people in the room. Look, Google Shopping, if you are selling any product online, is a critical part of Google advertising today. It has 
certainly um, the, they're allocating a lot more real estate to the shopping listings. There are a lot of industries that sell high ticket things that maybe don't have shopping carts and they're getting bundled into this shopping network as well. So it's something to keep an eye on because I, I genuinely think that this will translate to services in the near future. So watch, if you, even if you don't have physical products, watch your Google results, look at what they're showing in the results for shopping because I believe it's inevitable that when you start searching for services, they're going to start showcasing services like they're showcasing shopping because they want people to have high quality comparisons, you know, mm. of like for like products. I mean, Google's cracked down, for example, requiring shopping stores to have u- unique identifier numbers for their products because they don't want to show the wrong results just because one store has a slightly different description to another store. They're trying to close that loophole and give the searcher, you know, really good like for like comparisons. And the advertising platform at the moment is just a huge opportunity for anybody who's got shopping products because not everybody is doing it. There is still a lot of room there for very good quality, very cheap uh, ads. So definitely, mm. definitely check that out if you if you're an e-com store. If you're not, just watch this space because I think this is going to translate to different types of search results in the future for different markets as well. Interesting. Yeah, I haven't heard that before. That, that could come true for sure. Uh, it makes logical sense. So, yeah, watch it, watch this space. So some of the things that Brett went over, you know, some of the mistakes were that, you know, a lot of people just set up, like when they're doing ads themselves, they just set up, uh, you know, one ad per campaign. And we've had, you know, experts like Alana on, on the show previously, you know, an advertising expert saying you've got to, and Brett said the same thing, you've got to break it up into one campaign per product and then, you might dig deeper like uh, with your ads to, to run it into specific ad groups and, and target markets. So anyway, yeah, it was just interesting to hear the same sort of message being brought across from a, a, a totally different expert, but it's the same thing. You want to break your campaigns up into individual niches, for instance. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But yeah, he said the most important thing to Google is the click-through rate. So you've got to make sure that everything in your product description is telling Google exactly what it is. It needs to be completely relevant to the actual product and don't try and you know stuff it with keywords and things like that. It needs to be quite natural. But yeah, it needs to be relevant because Google will not favor your ad or your product over somebody else's if the click-through rate is terrible. Yeah, look, it's interesting because that's kind of going back to the old days of Google search advertising, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. 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 And I think what Google will do is I'll start off with, click-through rate, and then they're going to find other relevant contextual information to, to yeah. base their, their ads on. But they, again, you know, click-through rate is critical. Yeah, and look, they do. There, there is an algorithm, but that's what he said was the most important thing. So that's just an overview on, on what Brett Curry spoke about. There's a few other tips in there, but if you want to learn more, let's have a chat on our website over at therealmagic.com in the comment section of this post, and we can continue the conversation there on any one of these speakers. Yeah. Who you got next, man? Mari Smith. So Mari Smith, she's a, she's a Facebook absolute legend. Apparently, she was hired by Facebook to teach how to use Facebook. <laughs> oh, nice. She's a professional keynote speaker. She you know, speaks on stage all around the world uh, about this topic. So she's quite good and, and uh, she's got a funny accent. She's kind of half Irish and half Canadian. So it's, and she hangs shit on herself. Sorry, listener. 
for swearing if you've got kids <gasps> in the car. But You're going to get us an explicit rating. I <laughs> know. But anyway, yeah, so she spoke about, you know, Facebook live streaming being like the rebirth of, of television, which is pretty popular at the moment, live streaming on Facebook. She spoke about relationship marketing. She spoke about like human interest stories and and showing that if you are going to use video, and video was such a huge uh, thing in Ezra's presentation as well, same for advertising. Uh, she's saying you really want to, you know, connect and engage with your with your audience by telling human interest stories. And then she gave a really good example of how she did that, and you know, there was like three hundred thousand views and just crazy amounts of of shares, etc. So yeah, that, I thought that was quite helpful. She said, in general, you always want to start with content. You know, don't push products on people. Always try and add value first and, and educate them with content. Been a couple of weeks since I was there, man, so a little bit rusty on this. But she said, you know, you really want to interact with your audience. So if they post on your ads or share it, thank them or acknowledge them and, and always, you know, always acknowledge them, essentially. You want to start a conversation with them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, cool. And the big thing that she talked about was passion pages. So, do you know what they are, man? No, I haven't heard that term before. No, me either. Um, but you probably are aware of them. Like, there's pages that they're not business related, but they can be really powerful for business if used in the right way. But it might be on a topic that you love. It might be, you know, for instance, I love surfing or I love astronomy. And then everybody that's interested in that topic will go to this page and share, you know, everything that they find interesting about that topic on that passion page, essentially. Oh, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, But apparently it is a really good way to position yourself as an authority. You can start one of these pages on a particular topic and and you will be seen as the authority, so then you can offer uh, your products and services as well. But you really don't want it to turn into a business page, but it is a good way to attract clients. But like a lot of things, you know, if you go out and you make a statement that you're passionate about something that is, you know, related to your profession or your industry, mm-hmm. right, and all you do is give great advice and help people the same way you might market on forums or, or anything like that, people will then search you out in your business. You know, it's kind of the same reason why we do this podcast and give away as much information as we can mm-hmm. because, you know, we're not doing it to ever sell anything, right? Right. We're genuinely doing it to help people. Now, if we can help people and then they recommend us or they come and look at our services, happy days. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. So, yeah, similar similar approach for sure. And Mari also spoke about Messenger. So, Messenger is predicted to be the next big thing. And, you know, Ezra touched on it as well. But basically, it's, it's going to be a channel where you can market and... Uh, you can actually develop apps. There's apparently 10,000 developers working on bots at the moment, not apps, bots, I should say. And so a bot is pretty much something that will monitor your uh, messenger and will be able to interact with people, um, you know, just as like a lead magnet uh, conversation startup. Yeah, I had my little gripe on the last episode about messenger turning into another spammy platform yeah. let's just see how that goes yeah, eh? yeah it's true we'll see <laughs> we'll see exactly and yeah by the way listen if you haven't listened to the other episode go back and listen to that first um because there's a lot of killer information in there and yeah she you know gave a case study of a phone company that grew their their audience by a massive 65 percent just by interacting with their audience on messenger pretty powerful i think it's going to be the next big thing as well but yeah like Sweet. you said 
just keep an eye on it. It might be too spammy. But yeah, next thing that she spoke about was the top 10 apps in the world. Are, and like Facebook owns four of them, four of the fo- top five even. So WhatsApp and Messenger and Facebook and uh, Instagram. Wow. Pretty powerful. Yeah, exactly. So That's a real powerhouse, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's incredible. Yeah. So anyway, look out Google and everybody else. Apple. But yeah, so then we move on to Jen Sheehan. So Jen Sheehan, you know, she's an absolute legend out there. She's got a website, thesocialguild.com. And we're actually redesigning that at the moment, which is pretty cool. But yeah, so Jen, she's a, a social media expert as well. And Jen's kind of shifted her business from providing that social media service to being more of a uh, running a school to teach others like home mums and things like that, how to how to, you know, turn that into a business for themselves and get extra income. So, yeah, she's she's absolutely uh, – she's a bit of a legend out there. She's actually – she was hired by the president of the US, Barack Obama, to do his re-election campaign a few years back. Um, Can I just make a point about um, Jen and her – what she's teaching, right, which is, you know, I remember – Jen having this conversation in in our mastermind, Greg, where, you know, she just couldn't handle any more work, right? Mm -hmm. She couldn't handle any more work. She couldn't hire enough people. And the only solution she could think of was to empower more people to do work at the quality that she does. And that's how the Social Guild came apart. You know, a lot of people um, try and create training and courses and all this sort of stuff uh, just to make money. You know, for Jen, it really was about making more of her available through people that she's trained and certified. So that's just a little side note. I thought that was really important. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're into social media and you want to be able to do it as a business or you want to know the best of the best of the best techniques for your own business, go and have a look at what Jen's doing. Yeah, absolutely. And she shared some killer knowledge, um, you know, on stage as well. So some of the things that she talked about was – this is my favorite bit, which she kind of ended her presentation on, but it was very memorable. Was she said, "Be amazing on social media. Don't be boring, right? Um, and don't ever ask for a sale." Okay, so because social media is is for the exact reason of social social you know interaction basically. So it's not the place for selling. I mean, it is a place, a good place for building trust and building relationships and. And you can even have lead magnets and things on there, but you're not going to put a product and say, you know, buy this product because it just won't work unless you've built trust first. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But anyway, there's ways around that. You can sell products through social media, of course, but you want to do what Ezra does and and use retargeting to go deeper and then offer products to just the specific target market that have been to that particular product page. Anyway, so back to Jen. So, yeah, she's also said, you know, keep your content up to date, um, be spontaneous. So, yes, you might have scheduled posts. And and when you do release content on your blog, stagger it on each of your social platforms at different days so you can um, get more leverage out of it and monitor what's working rather than just putting it all out on every platform at the same time. Um, I think that's one of the best tips Jen gives. You know, if you've got a piece of content, don't put it out everywhere all at once, you yeah. know. Spread that one piece of content over a number of weeks or months on all the different platforms and do the same with each piece of content. It gives you a really great mix of of content going out. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, yeah, that was Jen, um, you know, in a nutshell. If you want to learn more, 
yeah, go to the socialguild.com. She's got some incredible information over there as well. Next speaker was Austin Braun from e-commerce influence podcast. Yeah. He talked about a few different ways you can get more out of email marketing. You know, there's, I guess, you know, I, I follow um, Kevin Rogers from copperchief.com and, and he sends a lot of stuff that was similar to what Austin Braun speaks about as well. But it, it's really about, you know, keeping the conversation going via email for prospects and even clients that have purchased from you. So, yeah, it's quite important email marketing and it's probably one of the key channels for communicating with um, existing clients. So, yeah, he just go, he went over some case studies and, and showed different email sequences, you know, to help people uh, get more out of their email and, and how you taught people how to use it properly. But he also covered pop-up examples, you know, to attract people's email addresses as well. And he showed some good and bad examples. So I thought they were uh, quite, quite hilarious, actually. Some of the bad ones were really bad. <laughs> and the way, the way he fixed them was, um, you know, just common sense stuff. Like, you know, there's a trend these days for a welcome gate approach. So instead of just a small pop-up, it, it will cover the entire screen. So, but yeah, even using little things like countdown times, as long as all these tricks, if you like, are, are genuine, you can get a, a much better conversion rate by you know having a benefit-driven headline, even some bullets of what the, what it's all about. Keeping the opt-in fields to a minimum, first name and email is recommended. Make sure the button copy is you know you use words like me instead of your. It, it helps um, increase conversions. And then you know even down to the little you know we will never spam you little uh, line that you see underneath buttons. Don't do stuff like that. Instead, write things like you know positive things like we will only send you awesome stuff and it's not going to put that negative connotation in people's minds yeah i like that you know instead of saying we won't spam you yeah you say we will only send you quality information yeah, exactly that's very good way to position it I like that yeah yeah cool so that was austin braun then uh john o'connor so he's a um he's a business coach he's from gilding shift uh, sorry guild the shift.com i should say so he's been ezra's biz business coach for many years i mean ezra's got james Franco as well but yeah apparently this guy's been around for 10 years or so and yeah so i just like the style of his of his um speech like he sort of slowed the mood down in in the whole room you know everybody's a million miles an hour and then it was perfect for me the way he slowed it down because he got us to close our eyes and and you know get us to start thinking about our body parts like your arms and your hands and just and just kind of relax each body part one at a time and you know after a few minutes of this your whole body is just feeling relaxed and you and you, you start concentrating on you know pressure points that you know you might you know your leg might be leaning up against a chair or whatever the case is and yeah, it was perfect for me because I was on stage next and I was quite nervous. So after that, I felt really good. Sweet. So the previous speaker grounded you for your uh, uh, speech. You know, the funny thing is I, I noticed with the best business coaches that I see and hear about, they have, I know this is going to sound silly, but they almost have a calming effect. Yeah. Right? Like they are very level-headed and they see through problems very easily you know yeah. so yeah absolutely. so does that mean you're next on our on our list i was next yeah absolutely but um just quickly with uh, john o'connor i mean one of the things he did was you know he started with a story which kind of dragged everybody into his you know his story and and, and just kind of let everything else behind and it was a really good story and he kind of demonstrated how 
um, he came across this person and and I guess the the final result of it was that this person had an issue and he uh, showed them how to solve the problem themselves so he you know it's just a way that these good business coaches can present like be a good ear for you but then present it back to you in a way that you're really you know, finding out the solution for yourself, you know, in your in your own kind of way. So, yeah, it was just very, very clever the way he demonstrated that. Yeah, interesting. Mm. Awesome. Yeah, man. All right, then there was some dude named Greg Merrilies, and he presented on e-commerce website design. So, And it was a damn good presentation too, Greg. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. But I did start it off with a bit of a, um, a funny picture of myself, um, you know, being a, an alcoholic, which is not so far from the truth, but um, <laughs> <laughs> at a uh, dress-up party, you know, a few years back. But anyway, that, that got a few laughs. And, uh, you know, so some of the tips that I talked about in my presentation for e-commerce were, you know, I'm sure I gave them examples of good-looking sites and everybody, when they do think of good-looking site, usually think of Apple. Well, I know as a um, website design business, we get asked a lot, make my site look like Apple. So, you know, we, we kind of talked a little about uh, good examples. Um, you know, I told people sort of why when people come to your website or, you know, it's all about building trust. And we've obviously got a six-part series on this this whole um, topic of website design. But, you know, people only care about what's in it for them, etc. But one of the, the things that I noticed with e-commerce websites is a lot of them compete on price. And so one of the ways to take your eyes off the price, and John Dyer talks about this as well, is to offer an, a value add. Or one thing that I noticed a lot of e-commerce sites lack is storytelling. So if you can tell your story i mean gone are the days of a faceless website you know you've got to put effort into it and either put your story or your brand etc into it you're going to have people engage with you on a deeper level so i gave a few good examples of of storytelling and and visually you know different ways like video and or a timeline and just various ways of displaying storytelling on an e-commerce site and the other thing was you know showing people to be helpful so there's a really good example out there called polyvore and they, the whole site is a lead magnet, essentially, where they allow people to build their own mood boards and, and, and you know, like choose clothes from all of the suppliers that plug into this website. And then every time, you know, they, they save it, they get asked for their email address, essentially. But yeah, it was very clever and very helpful as well. They arrange things in, you know, in themes and, and color themes. And it was just, yeah, a well a well thought out site probably cost a million bucks but then i went into other examples how you can be helpful just through you know blog posts and and uh you know giving people lookbooks or whatever it is in your industry but yeah just try and be helpful as possible and then i went and talked about building tribe of raven fans i gave a few examples of how you know a lot of these fashion uh, retail e-commerce businesses i should say not retail that you know have started their own tribe they generally start on social media and once again they you know they engage with their audience but then the trick to a, a you know high converting website on e-commerce is to not particularly ask for a sale straight away but to share your story and share all of that social media and interaction back on your website so it helps create more of a tribe yeah, yeah. So you 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 basically you're creating a snowball effect. Yeah, definitely. Yep, absolutely. Frankbody.com is another uh, company that that does that really well using social media. You know, within two years they went from zero to twenty million, <laughs> which is wow, pretty incredible. Yeah, and they've got some amazing 
you know, the tagline is coffee-based skincare for babes, right? <laughs> um, uh-huh. So if you're not a babe, you obviously can't use it. But, <laughs> but they use incredible photos and models and, you know, they, they use a secret weapon that I call desire and that, that's what kind of drew a lot of people in. You know, people want to, to wear this coffee-based skincare. It's quite unique and, you know, yeah, it, it definitely creates desire when you look at their, uh, their social media. It's very nicely done. Yeah, absolutely. Just to wrap up on my speech, I don't want to spend too much time on it, but um, yeah, I, I talked about, you know, don't make me think and, and gave some examples of showing people how ridiculously busy some websites are where, you know, business owners want to put everything on to the homepage and there's image sliders and all these things moving and flashing and pop-ups, etc. when really, you know, people just want a solution to their problem. So if you've got like thousands of products and they might be similar but slightly different, you know, what we did on one site in particular was we we changed a, a very busy, you know, confusing site to a product selector wizard where headsets for phones, right? Um, so it might be questions like, you know, do you want wireless or wired? Do you want, um, and it's just one question at a time and you just it's like, you know, multiple choice. You select wired or wireless in the next one. You want desktop or computer, etc. And then at the end, it spits out the available models. So it's just an easier way than trying to get people to sort through thousands of products to work out which one's best for them. Yeah. Look, you know, it's funny how you say simplify and a lot of business owners are trying to put too much on the home page. But there is a little bit of a trend, wouldn't you agree, to very long rich content filled homepages. Now I'm not saying to yeah, clutter yeah. it and try yep. and put everything on it, but it's gone from those sort of really simple short homepages where they push you into the site to explore to a long homepage with lots of content, but just very high value content that actually takes you through the journey rather than just being a little bit of everything that's a bit disjointed. I agree. Yeah. And I, I see a homepage as a gateway, but for instance, if you're selling you know, like headsets and that's all you sell and there's like, you know, a thousand different brands and models, people are confused, you know, so you can't show them all on the homepage. You just want to show them a, a solution, which is what we came up with was a wizard to help them select the one that's right for their situation. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Wizards but, are great. Yeah, but you're right, yeah, especially on e-commerce. You want to you want to show your, your best sellers, your categories, you know, your story. There's a lot of sections to a site. Your blog even, I think that's highly important for an e-commerce site, you know, especially for attracting new visitors essentially because they could find you through your helpful blog posts and Google will favor you as well the more, you know, shares and comments and visitors you get yeah yeah i love it yeah cool what else have we got big fella yeah well just to wrap up on mine i just went through some um conversion boosting tips and just showed some examples of like interactive photography and and you know 3d photography and you know showing products in situ like showing them in the their intended environment so people can picture themselves with that product but yeah it's just, and you know using large images and and clear you know, call to actions and just spoke a little about uh, color and clear space and things like that. But then went into landing flow, uh, sorry, landing page flow. And, and just uh, the key point there was to respect the copywriting. Like we spoke with Kevin Rogers on this podcast, it's probably the most important thing on a landing page. So the designers must respect the copy and not ruin that flow. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much my presentation. And then finally we had, Mr. James Schrampko. Before you get into James, yeah. 
listener at the end of this episode, I know that not all of you could necessarily afford the thousand odd dollar ticket to this event or the airfares to San Diego, but there is a way where you can see Greg and all these other speakers' presentations, and we'll let you know at the end of the episode. So just stick with us. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Actually, there was one other speaker, but I did get called out of the room at that point, and that was Gautier Chowdhury. I saw the start of his presentation, and he was hilarious. He actually started off, right, asking people if they listened to the Goa podcast, and a few people said yes, and he said, well, that's great, but I don't actually have one. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was excellent. And then he, he's, he's got a new product. He's been a marketer for like 20 years, and you know, I think James Franco met him at Underground three or something so he's been around for a while but yeah he did a case study he started up a, a new baby product business but his whole case study was not about building uh, income or you know building profit initially it's all about focusing on growing the list first so you know he just put out tripwire product after tripwire product so free products but plus shipping just to build a list to find out what people want and then he uh, you know sent them surveys etc and he now has like 30,000 mums on his list that he can survey on different products and and build products around their needs so I thought that was very clever yeah that's awesome yeah but I didn't catch the whole presentation but from what I heard it was quite good and he got a lot of laughs <laughs> but yeah and then James Franco so he spoke about team which um, he's obviously you know an expert on he's had up to 60 people at one point he's you know built teams in various business models and he's had a team for i think seven or nine years something like that but uh ezra as well you know he's gone from six people up to 40 just in the last couple of years so yeah team is james was just showing that you need a team to to scale your business you must have a team but yeah obviously you know he went through all of the, the there's many things it was like a 90 minute presentation but some of the key points that i got out of it was you know you want to work out your effective hourly rate essentially uh, initially and then um, you know you're going to reach your ceiling at some point so you want to um, get a team at the point when you've reached your ceiling and that way you'll, you'll never reach your ceiling you could just keep passing your tasks down to down to your extra team members but you're saying when you do have a team you know trust in your team and get to know them on a personal level don't micromanage your team you know have some elasticity give them time off etc um, and don't hire an all-rounder you know they don't really exist so and you know a few other things that he talked about was hire on tasks not roles so get your team for instance to post a list of the tasks that they do and you know put them on a whiteboard or wherever and then you'll find that some people have more tasks than others and then you want to distribute the tasks so it's more even and yeah you can cross train people on the different tasks and then all of a sudden you don't have a particular role for each person but you have a like a hybrid role that where people can do multiple tasks yeah yeah i like that look i mean james it's funny isn't it just before this call you and i were talking about micromanaging team and uh whether it's the right thing or not to do and we spoke about it earlier this week as well yeah i mean james really does trust his team and i think trust is is integral if you need to micromanage your team then you're hiring the wrong people i think that's what it comes down to yeah absolutely you got it and so finally yeah he spoke about you know what triggers a hire so it could be things like look at your support ticket Every 50, t 50 tickets for him, for instance, um, meant they needed a new support person. He also had a, has a traffic light system for, you know, orange, green and red, depending on, you know, how busy the team are. They just send him a signal each day and then he can work out where the whole business is based on all of those um, reports. But, yeah, he said a hot tip, if you are hiring an overseas, you know, team member, 
ask them for a photo of their hardware because you might be surprised how terrible it is. And if it is terrible, you could potentially help them out and uh, buy them some better software as part of the deal or better computers. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, often we don't register how difficult it is for people in other countries to get good quality equipment. So, you know, definitely get a, we get a list of all the equipment they've got and then uh, a photo of their workspace. Because, you know, it's not just their equipment too. It's about having a desk and a chair and a, and a functional workspace that they can work out of. 100%. Yeah, you got it. So that was a killer tip. But, um, yeah, that was kind of a wrap of the speakers. And at the end, uh, Ezra put on a Q&A session where he had all the speakers sit up on, the, on stools on stage. And, yeah, it was like a half-hour session of questions from the audience. But it was a really, really well-put-together event. It was great value. Mate, that was epic. And if I had to take one uh, learning out of this, it is, you know, get out of the office, you know, go and travel, go to some of these international events. I mean, there's just so much great quality information that I'm pretty sure if you just got one or two things out of an event like this and implemented them, you'd make your money back, no doubt. That's, That's the key, isn't it? You must implement. Yeah. Now, Greg, there is a way even though you may not have made it to the event, to see all of these presentations. How would somebody do that? Yeah, well, look, you know, I owe all this to these two podcasts have been because of Ezra putting on this event. So you must go over, if you're interested in finding out more or watching the replays, go over to smartmarketer.com and I'm not sure where it is on that site, but I'm sure if you're on a blog post or wherever, there'll be a link to the membership. Yeah. So, I mean, just, I mean, check out his free training, uh, click on the login or go to the mastermind button and you'll find your way to his his community. And if you join his community, he has all of these videos uh, loaded in there. So there's a high level mastermind and then there's another sort of uh, community that's sort of more entry level. So check out for the the entry level. You got it. Greg, that has been epic. We were supposed to do two short podcasts about that event. There's so much good information. (laughs) And and I've seen your notes. I know you really just gave us the best of the best. There's so much more there. So if you have any questions about any of these speakers, please head over to the Real Magic com. pop a comment under the episode yeah. and we will reply to you or try and get you more information greg i think i'm done yeah what we're about done. you thank you al thank you listener thanks listener we'll catch you next time take care thanks for listening to the real magic podcast hear more at therealmagic.com.